Ram Trucking Radio. My name is Rebecca T. I'm the creator of the Facebook group, Motor Operator Mindy. OOM Trucking Radio was created to further explore and explain topics in the trucking industry. Tonight, we are going to talk about the PROAP bill with Stephen Goodsell. Many of you in our Facebook group, Owner Operator Mentoring, know him as Stewie Goodsell. Stewie has an asset-based company with three trucks called High Crunchy Carrier. He's based out of Arley, Montana. He is also an admin in the Facebook group, Owner Operator Mentoring. Stewie will be providing us with some insight on the PROAC bill and how you can protect yourself and your company from falling victim to the bill, and we will also talk about how to correctly set up your business to keep it safe. Stewie, welcome to OOM Trucking Radio. Please tell us a little about yourself and how you became a part of the trucking industry. Well, I was born into it, really. My mom and dad drove tandem together. He had a truck and she had a truck and they ran all over the country. When I was eight weeks old, I went on my first run with them. He finally gave her a truck with air ride then. And we did our first run to Boston. Uh, Just been stuck with it ever since. I was a mechanic for many years before I finally took the plunge and got my CDL and started my own company. So far, I'm going on 21 years now of running my own company. Okay. So let's go ahead and move forward our conversation about the PROAC bill. Can you give us some insight on what the PROAC bill is and what it means for the owner-operator out there? Well, the PROAC bill has a lot of different facets to it. The one that's going to hit owner-operators the most is what you're calling the ABC test. And that is if you do the same job as the people that hired you to do that job do, you would then become an employee and not an owner-operator. It doesn't matter if you own the truck or not. If your company isn't set up so that you have an actual company and not just Joe Bob's truck, then it's going to hurt your employer. Well, you don't want to do that, so you need to set your company up properly so it can just be one business hires another. Now, I know a lot of people are worried about it, but the biggest thing to worry about is they're not going to come after you, not right away. What they're going to do is wait for somebody to get upset with the current company that they're leased on to and then let them turn that company in. <clears throat> the state and feds will then come down hard on that company and pretty much just put them out of business because all the amount of taxes that they're going to have to pay for counting all those um, owner-operators as employees and not as owner-operators. What are the things that an owner-operator needs to do if they are just starting out to set up their company correctly? Should they start as an LLC or what? Can you give us step-by-step instructions on what an owner-operator needs to do to protect themselves? It depends on what state they live in. Many states right now have what's called a pass-through clause on an S-corporation and an LLC. In many different businesses or industries, that's just fine and safe. But in trucking, where so many people look at a semi-truck as a ATM that's just rolling down the road that if they get into a wreck with it, 
they're going to get paid. It's not proper protection, not anymore. If your state sees an LLC or uh, S-Corp as a pass-through directly to your personal taxes, it won't take a very strong lawyer to prove in court that if the state sees it as that way, that it really is that way, and they can go after your personal assets then over something you may not have even caused. You were just part of and it's not right so people need to set up their businesses based on their state the smartest thing to do is start a c corporation though and have that c corporation if you're a leased owner operator that owns all the equipment and leases on to the carrier and you become an employee of your own c corporation if you're an independent owner operator or what we call having your own numbers you then start a C corporation as your parent corporation an LLC to own the equipment because it's really not going to be doing anything except owning the equipment and we'll get to why in a little bit but if that C corp owns the LLC that owns the equipment it can also own the LLC to own your MC and DOT numbers yeah you still have to have a person's name attached to them for security reasons through the FMCSA that's not a big deal you basically a registered agent well you become an employee of your c corporation you hold out payroll tax and pay yourself a wages and your retirement accounts and so on and so forth well, the government's getting their employment tax or you know the payroll tax that they've been wanting and why they're doing this pro act and you get to keep doing what you love doing the process that one must take if they have already set their business up as an LLC and they won't change it to a C-Corp? Well, if they don't want to, they don't have to. I mean, it is a free country, but I mean, people do stupid things all the time. It's just hoping that they do the best to be able to protect themselves and their families. Nobody wants to see that lawsuit come down the pike where uh, driver wrecks and kills a family of four well then they take everything you own because of an incident it could have been a blown tire from uh, a stray bullet from a cop shooting a suspect on the shoulder of the road they're still going to go after the truck driver for everything he owns even if they didn't cause it any of it and you just have to be able to defend yourself and protect yourself and your family your home because if they come in and take that because of some imagined slide or something that isn't even your fault, you're really needing to have that extra protection. Whenever an independent owner operator changes from an LLC or some proprietorship, are there any changes they need to make to their insurance company? Uh, just let their insurance company know that they are no longer sole proprietorship and now owned by a corporation. And what about FMCSA? What will they need to submit to come to their business information? What they'll need to do with the FMCSA is update their MCS 150 with the name change. It's not very difficult to do. I believe they charge you $15 when you change your name. And that's it. Go on, you update it, it's done. You can request new documents in the new company name. 
or not. It's completely up to you. As long as your company name on your MCS-150 matches the company name on, for your EIN, you're good to go. When an independent owner-operator changes from an LLC to a C-holder, what banking information will need to be changed, if any? Yeah, as long as they're basically the same thing as like doing your MCS-150. As long as your EIN is not changing and you've changed the name with the IRS as well, you just take in the paperwork of the name change. Uh, basically, just the letter you get from the Secretary of State's website from when you file for either the new corporation to take ownership of it or however you're going to be doing it. For carriers that change from an LLC to a C-Corp, what will be the best action to take to notify brokers that their company formation has changed? Um, really nothing. Every year you have to give a broker a new W-9 and you just check the box C-Corp instead of sole proprietorship. With you being an admin in our group, you know that we discourage factors. But for those that do factor, what course of action do they take to notify the factory that their business information has changed? Um, just send them the uh, updated articles of incorporation with proof of ownership. They'll, they're already going to know because they've been working with you. And you just generally shoot out an email and tell them that you're going to be changing the company's name, but ownership will stay the same. They're pretty easy to work with. As you know, in the group, there have been some questions and discussions about double taxation when you change from an LLC to a C-Corp. Can you tell us why C-Corp is the best avenue to take versus many of the other types of ways to set up your business, such as the yeah. LLC, S-Corp, single-member LLC? Well, all of those except for the C-Corp come right back to your personal taxes. So you're going to have self-employment tax, um, Medicaid, Medicare, all that normal federal stuff, um, the state tax. You're going to be looking at about the 38 to 42% range. Okay, that's just, it is what it is because of the nature of the business. It goes off your gross, yes, as a base, but then you're going to have your adjusted gross. Then you'll end up with your net, and your net is where you're going to pay your tax on it. Well, you make $100,000 a year net. You're going to pay 40% tax between state and feds. So there it is. If you do it with a C Corp, Say you pay yourself a salary of a thousand dollars a week. Um, you run that, you're fifty-two thousand dollars a year, so four thousand dollars a month you're bringing home. Not bad, right? The rest of it stays in the business. And say December rolls around, everybody's working good, you're making money, and you got two hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank you need to do something with. Well, max out all your contributions from the company you know, your C-Corp, to your retirement accounts because, well, it's a tax write-off for your company. And there's several of them that you can do that are pre-tax for you as your own employee. Well, you get that, then you stuff it right into savings. So you max out your savings every year for your IRAs, your 401ks, your money market accounts, and you just keep it rolling into there. 
people say, oh, but a C-Corp, you have to pay tax twice. No, that's really wrong. It's um, piss poor advice from accountants that don't like doing C-Corp taxes, which are actually fairly simple, just as easy as doing a W-2. You just, you're going to pay your corporate tax at 21% this period. Whatever your net is, March 17th, that's what you're going to pay. So you have up until March 17th to max out the next year's retirement account. How awesome is that? You know, you, you can pay yourself a bonus if you want. So then you're still going to pay your payroll tax no matter what. But you're going to, so that's going to go on your personal taxes. Well, you're paying yourself $52,000 a year. So you're going to be taxed at $52,000 a year, which is better than self-employed at 100000 a year. Because then you don't have the self-employment tax on top of it. Then you're back into your C-Corp taxes at 21%. But say you do keep money in there. You keep $100,000 in there, which is smart. You're going to pay $21,000 of that to the government in taxes. What's going to happen then? That money, that $79,000, you don't want to pay yourself that. Because then if you pay yourself that, you would then be doing this double tax that they're talking about. But you're constantly bringing in money to your corporation. So that $79,000, you can't pay yourself that. You can't give it in bonuses. What can you do with it? Let's see, you can max out your 401k. We talked about doing that already. Uh, IRAs, you know, employment, um, retirement accounts, all of those. You can max all of them out with all of that money. And you're not going to pay extra tax to you on it, or you can run your business for the next six months on it. And all the money that comes into your business over those next six months, you can just pay yourself extra. Keep it so you've only got that 79000 at the end of the year in the company coffers. So that's enough money to run on for the next year. Guess what? You're not paying tax on it again because you paid tax on it the previous year.